0: Like what do you think Khan the most difficult process of this game has been? (laughs) Cool, we got a pretty special episode today. We have one of the owners of, well, two, but one of the guest speakers from Nebulous Entertainment. The other one sadly couldn't make it. So <laughs> it was pretty easy for me to track my brother down. So, <laughs> But yeah, Con, thanks for coming on. We appreciate having you on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. Is it even a show? I don't even know if it it's going to be. It's, it, yeah, it could be. With, we start throwing bloopers and stuff in. But first of all, first of uh, First and foremost, we want to talk about, you know, how this started. I know like you and I obviously know the backstory for everything, um, but for everybody that's watching or listening, how did, like, what's the background? Like, when did this start? Why did you and Eric decide that you wanted to start building games?
1: So it all started in uh, 2016 where Eric and I were hanging out one night and I just said, hey, let's uh, make a video game. Because in my mind, I've been thinking for a while, that I wanted to build an application at the time for gamers that where they could like share, um, their gamer tag information. Um, maybe some of the stats about, you know, the games are playing stuff like that. Cause that tool really wasn't around, um, at the time. And it's something that we want to do like cross platform. So like PSN, Xbox live, stuff like that, like bring everything into one sort of platform for people to share that information. Um, so it was like, Hey, you know, let's start, a, a. let's try to create some video game. Let's learn, you know, the process behind that. He had this character. Um, I'm sure that you guys, if you follow, I've seen it before. It's on our website. It's part of the footer. Um, it's named Zully. It's that little, um, character skeleton. with the skeleton with the, yeah, the, the, pirate the pirate hat and the, and the cannon. And I was like, Oh, you know, we could do something off that. And we decided to learn uh, unity, the unity game engine at the time. Um, Then we quickly realized that the game that we wanted to build was kind of out of our scope for two. Um, so we kind of, you know, reevaluated some stuff we brought on cam after that. And, uh, now we have a team of what six, I think. Yeah. Six right now. So, and our, we changed like our game design, our process, everything changed and we kind of still would like to do, um, that platform venture that we initially thought of someday, but, uh, you know, right now we have a few other games in mind that are, are more, um, you know, acceptable with the team size we have and, and the time that we have and kind of keeping that scope um, kind of small with where we want the company as a whole to go. So. Right.
0: I think it's pretty hard for indie companies to build 3d platformers like for you know people just to put it into perspective like triple studios like blizzard ea like they all build or have built 3d platformers like indie companies don't do that because it, they, the amount of manpower and time that you need to devote to that is ridiculous yeah you know we, you need to have a ton of art as well
1: right i remember i think it was like 2017 we reached out to uh a company called right. Nice. Um, I'm not sure if they're still around, but they were the developers behind, um, I forget the name of the game on top of my head, uh, Skylar and Plux. And they actually got back to us and, and provided some information on how they did it. I think they were a pretty small team as well. Um, and they released the game. I believe it was done through Unreal Engine at the time. Um, and this was when we were still in unity, but yeah, like the, the headaches and, uh, some of the stuff that they had to go through just to get that out. Um, they explained you know, the process for how they develop their worlds and the 3D artwork. And, you know, Eric could obviously, if he was here, tell you guys more about it. Um, but it was nice to hear the, the feedback from them and, and realize how difficult um, 3D platforming was for, for a small team or even just 3D games in general. Um, and it kind of opened, you know, the door for us and shed some light on that. Maybe this is something that we need to take a step back and reevaluate. And that's exactly what we did. And we want a different route with uh, the mobile game that we hope to release within the next couple of weeks here. So.
0: Right. So. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, it's been done. The game has been done. The mobile game has been done for mm. closer to two months now. It's just the approval <laughs> process is taking a while. So you yeah. mentioned the Skylar Plux headaches that, you know, that team had gone through when releasing and, and building the game. It's like we've seen our own. Especially yeah. you in particular, like the, the tech side, the back end side of things, sees more disappointment and headache than probably anybody. Yeah. And that's just because of the errors that constantly come through. And you, you never know like what the true issue is behind the error. You know, you get a notification that something doesn't work, but you don't, you don't necessarily know like where, why, and how it's broken. Yeah. Right. So, you know, those are the headaches that you're facing right now um, to get the game like finally out there to people. But yeah, we, we took a step back from the 3D platformer, realized that it was way too, you know, way too
1: difficult. Yeah. And a little ambitious for the time.
0: Yeah. You know, because at the time it was like YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was YouTube trying to build a 3d platform. I mean, that, that would be so difficult. Um, and then to switch to mobile games, but I mean, mobile, mobile games have their own headaches as we're clearly seeing, but mm-hmm. th- what this, this game has been under development since I think the ble- the or the beginning of 2020 was when <sighs> stormward sales like originally started. Yeah. And so we're closing out 2021 here, but the game has been done since basically like October. Okay. And, you know, so we're just waiting for like the final and it got approved by Google.
2: It did. Yeah. So Three it's approved before. by Google.
0: Apple is its own headache with unreal engine. So like yeah. Con had mentioned, you know, we started in unity transition to unreal and in the future because we're reevaluating everything there's a very good chance almost definite that you know we switch back to you what unity has become because yeah. they've, they've, they've had to make a lot of moves to continue to compete with unreal because unreal is free you know unity comes at of price but you know unreal being free that's what a lot of people start with because everybody's you know yeah. saving money
1: to clarify on the pricing for unity, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's free for up to a hundred thousand dollars in gross profit. After that, I believe it's, uh, there's pro and, uh, some plus plan. There's two different plans after that. If I, I think that they, they haven't changed that cause that
0: wasn't original, but then you see like yeah. you see unreal yeah. coming out with not taxing or not uh, taking any part of indie companies until they reach a million in revenue. So Correct. I feel like, yeah. you know, these companies like including Apple, Mm-hmm. right? Like you, you can apply for these small, um, like indie dev type of passes, I guess. Yep. And you know, so since they're coming out with those like unity, I don't know if this was around the time that they started doing this as well, but like to, to give companies like the edge, like that with the pricing, they have to compete some ways somehow.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think unity is, uh, you know, where they excel with unreal is obviously the indie space and the, uh, their documentation, um, is fantastic. You know, I, I've been reevaluating the tool um, for the past couple of weeks, and uh, from what I can tell, the documentation seems to be you know far more in depth than you know Unreal Engine. Epic just loves to throw a hey, this is works for four point two seven, right? Um, you know, after that, let's pawn it off to the distribution platform that you guys are using to guide you through the rest of the process, which is where most of our problems um, lie in i would say toward the the end of development there right and just
0: for like everybody's awareness like unity and unreal are game engines so when you build a game it has to basically be done in an engine like that they're not the only two engines out there but they are by far the most popular and yeah. the user friendly i would say Uh, But to Khan's point, it's like documentation is very big in this industry because everything is constantly evolving, constantly changing. Like new updates, like Khan just mentioned, you know. And this stems for Apple and Google too. So if you're releasing a game on the App Store and they make an update to you know what you can do, then it could break your build, like the build that you were just putting out. Like it could make you have to go back because there could be errors now um, when submitting it. So there's just there's a lot of headaches and issues with mobile uh, mobile development and you know people like there's a lot of mobile apps out there right um but you know going through the first game to put it out i mean it's been it's been a headache but you know mm-hmm. this, they talk about like what is it 90 plus percent of indie companies fail before they even release their first game and you know it's because of like issues like this that Have we've been going two months now trying to put
1: this thing out there on, on apple yeah. I think the again, if we want to go into the more complicated aspects of development or the technical side of things, we can. Um, but I think that failure, you know, based off of the experience that I had over the past two or three years now, would be with the publishing aspect. The hey, let's submit this to the store. How do we do that? How do we set up like code signing, which you means you have to sign um, your package to say that yes. You know, I am the developer of this uh, this build, and we're submitting it to your platform for you guys to review, and then to get it out in the people's hands. I think that's where um, you know a lot of the complication comes, and uh, where people, I would say, probably back out toward the most. Because um, going back to you know resources and looking at YouTube, I use as a great example here, um, and even Epic themselves and some of their documentation is that you know, everybody gets up to this, the same point, right? Through the process is like, Hey, this is, you know, let's package this bill, but they don't tell you, you know, how to get it onto the platform or if they do, they don't include like in-app purchases or subscriptions um, or any of those payment systems and let alone the tax side of things. is going to be super complicated and all the legal agreements you have to sign and, you know, filing for the, Hey, you know, we're a small indie dev for the 15%. And I know that's recent. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, getting that to that or the errors that you get, um, when you submit the build to Google and Apple, um, or I guess upload it, I should say, and, and how to solve those errors, you know, should you include the debug symbols um, right. and stuff like that? And no one really knows the answer, or if you do find it, it really pertains to that uh, platforms like, um, programming language so for Apple it's Swift and you have to you know uh, sift through their mounds of documentation that are from years ago to today and you don't know what's right um, and the same with Google like everyone they they have great documentation but it's just it's so overwhelming at first um, and if you don't know what you're looking for the, the correct keywords to search for um, it can become a very complicated process and really, um, I guess, hinder your morale when it comes to just finishing the project. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially because like when you come across an issue,
0: you go to try to find the documentation for what the issue is about, right? Whether it's like a yeah. red forum, yeah. like a discord chat, or, you know, something that maybe Google had and it's archives you have to go find, right? And they're Google forums. But to Khan's point is like, they're not updated. You know, they might've, somebody might've written that when, um, they first released that certain, you know, or come across that certain issue. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, this is even a few months later and like, obviously like a year or two later, things have changed, right? Patches have come out different um, additions to what has led to that change in the first place. Like all this new stuff has come out and, there's no direct answer to what that issue is. Like even in like discord chats and reddits that you come across, you can see people asking the exact question that you have. But, but there's no answer under it. Like there's no thread, the thread stops there. And it just, so that's what's frustrating because you finally think that you've found the answer but then nobody's commented on it because nobody knows. Like yeah. it's trial and error. Yeah. And then somebody's probably so frustrated after they figure it out that they don't take the time to go back and like actually answer that form. Like I'm done with it. They're wiping their hands yeah. and they're moving on. So yeah, they're, it can, game development is frustrating, but I think, what was it, Rocket League that you guys were playing when it drove you to actually like want to build games in the first place?
1: Um, I think I would say so at the time I mean I've always wanted to build some sort of application um, and I think you know I, I played a lot of video games I still do mostly um, but yeah I would say it was, it was you know partially that uh, for me again at the time it was just like I really wanted to play some sort of platform where there wasn't really many out there that were modern um, of course today there's obviously a ton now right um, so that market's kind of saturated but you know we'll wait for time to pass and Uh, you know end up dropping something at a later date but yeah a lot of it was just for you know I kind of wanted to just you know dabble a little bit in game development see how complicated it was to to build uh, you know this virtual world that people can play in Um, and kind of experience that from the other side and uh, I definitely have a lot more respect for for developers out there and understand the, the the money that goes behind it, like the the expense for the actual project itself, the time, um, and just like how complicated things are. One second, something can be working fine and the next it could just break your entire game. And there's no rhyme or reason like that's just software development yeah. at the end of the day.
2: Yeah. So. Why don't you guys talk a little bit about the game itself? Cause I know whenever Cam mentioned it to me, probably four or five years ago. I thought it was gonna be like one of those little brick breaker games where you know, uh, yeah. it's like something that's very, and I know that's not what it is. So I mean, maybe you guys just kind of talk about the game a little bit and everything that went into it, the challenges you had and,
1: and where it's at yeah. now. Can you talk about the, the actual, like what the game is? Cause I know you and Eric set that up and then. So the, the game itself. So, okay. So it's obviously on mobile.
0: We've established that. Right. And it's a twin stick shooting arcade game. So, you know, your, your phone's going to be in landscape mode. You're going to have your thumb on the left side, right? And your well, your left thumb on the left side, right? on the right side, because there, there is like a steering wheel that you move with on the left side, but you can switch it to like right or left, depending on what your dominant hand is. And it's, a, it's a basically like a seafaring adventure game. So, you know, you're a pirate ship and you have, there's multiple ships to choose from. This is where we get into the in-app purchases side of things. You can customize your ship, you can customize your trails, but basically like you go through these levels, you navigate and meander through these levels of breaking crates, unlocking Easter eggs. Um, you know, killing enemies and you, you go all the way through these levels, making sure that you take out each enemy, collecting your coins and, you know, you continue to progress, right? And you go through five different biomes. So there's five biomes, there's five levels within each biome. So a total of 25 levels, I would say, you know, if somebody played all the way through and they didn't die, I would say that it would take you maybe like an hour, hour and a half, maybe a little bit over an hour and a half, yeah, to, to complete the game from start to finish. And this is if you're like, you know, actually playing at like a reasonable pace. Like you're not like flying through all the time. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, if you try to just like navigate through it and not take your time, like you will get shot. Yeah. <laughs> because you come across new enemies. And I think, I don't know how, we have at least like eight or nine different enemies. I, I so today, yep. So, and, and you know, the, these range from like homing missiles that track you. And regular ships, uh, ships that just drop bombs. There's like rapid fire ships. There's rocket fire ships. Like, there are so many different um, enemy types that can take you yeah. no. out. But and it's a difficult game. Like, I, you know, I did a playthrough on YouTube. Of whenever we were first testing the game, and you know, I I made it through, but like it wasn't my first time making it through. You know, like I I had I died you know a bunch of times earlier, and this this recent build, I was three. Um, or I completed on easy, but I died 23 times just to complete the game on easy. And this is me because like, I help place the enemies and build the maps. <laughs> so, you know, no, really? yeah, like I, I yeah. So I, I can tell you where they are before I even see them on the screen. I'm like, all right, I'm just shooting down that way. But yeah, you know, it, it's going to be difficult for people. Um, I think that, you know, there is a learning curve here. That's the point of the game. Like, if the game was super simple that you could just run through it the first time and complete it, it would get boring. You wouldn't want, you you need some challenge to it. You need some learning to it. So, like, you know where the placements are of the enemies, like, as you continue to go through and, oh, they're, the, the invisible enemies are the hard ones. Yes, there are invisible enemies. So, this, this range is from enemies that literally only leave a trail. So, you can, you see them based on the trail and how they're moving. Yeah. Right. Or there's other enemies that only show up at like the right time when they're going to charge you and blow up. So, you know, those are like kamikaze enemies, you know, and those are the hardest ones because you basically get one shot to shoot them. If you miss your shot, you're done. They'll blow you up, even on easy mode. So on easy mode, you get three lives. You get two hearts, which means that you can get hit twice before you lose a life. Mm-hmm. Okay, except for those enemies, the ones that are invisible and then blow you up. Those take two hearts right out the gate. You're done. That's a, that's an automatic life if they blow up. And you know, we do have power ups as well. We have shields. We have rocket uh, power up. We have speed boost. We have um, the double the double shot off the wall. Because like the, the goal is to play. The angles off the wall, right? Yeah. Because you want you want to um, be you know you want to be tactical about it. It is a strategic game, and you know everything is hand drawn. Everything is three D. It's all built three D, even though it looks two dimensional. Like you'll, you're obviously looking down at your phone, you you see that it looks two dimensional, but it is all actually three D. There's a slight difference. Um, if we if we could go back, I, I, we probably would have did some form of two D with the game. I don't think we needed to do necessarily 3D because the difference is so slight that like the the average person wouldn't notice it. Yeah. You need to have like a, yeah, a good yeah, eye yeah. for detail mm-hmm. to notice that. But I think if we would go back like, there's a lot of things that we would change.
1: Definitely. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know if we'd go the route of uh, the mobile. game that we did. Yeah. Even mobile too. I think that, um, you know, the headaches we really didn't encounter until the very end and that's something that's just part of the learning experience that we had to figure right. out. Um, yeah, even, I mean, just testing right now. Um, You know, we have, I have like five or six devices at home that I have to test with (laughs) uh, running different versions. I, I, uh, Android just, you know, I mean, I I think it was like in October, um, Google started requiring you guys to use their latest uh, SDK, which is 30 for Android 11 uh, to, you know, submit builds for. And of course that was something that I accounted for, forgot about it until like last week. Um, but I don't have an Android phone that supports 11. So Cam had to do all the testing there, right? Some, some bugs we had to work through and um, resolve beforehand. And, and even Apple, Apple uh, hit us a couple months ago with, hey, this needs to be iOS 15 um, compatible. And that's something that, you know, I had to really figure out a way to hack around because we're running a version of Xcode. Um, that's Apple's uh, IDE that we have to use to compile the project through Unreal Engine. Um, in order for us to submit a build to the Apple developer console, we needed to make sure that we had, uh, the 15.0 uh, SDK installed, right. but we're also on an older version of Xcode that, you know, doesn't have that. So I going to go you know, grab that, drop it in the right file location based off a lot of research, um, and make sure it doesn't, you know, crash uh, the IDE itself or even just create a bunch of unknown errors uh, yeah. during the compile process itself so there, there are some definite, definite headaches there um, there's still a ton of headaches uh, in that space with you know signing the project getting just random numbers uh, like you know error code or exit code one or six um, and they, they can mean multiple different things so it's just like you know yeah I appreciate the feedback there. Um, Apple, on just there isn't really any. That's the thing, right?
0: Like, if you think about that for a second, the game was closing in on its final moments, and then they released fifteen point. Yeah. And it's not like Apple's first move is to release documentation of how indie gamers should then take that new update and push it through their game to get submitted. So it's like you go through the whole headache of getting it ready for Apple and then they hit you with something like that. And then you're back to square one of like, well, okay, now I need to make it compatible with this thing, but nobody's told me how to. And
2: you're just, you're over there just like shooting blind. Right. So it's almost like they're just shooting out updates that you have to come make your game compatible with. Yeah. So from the backend perspective, so from like Connor's
0: perspective, Evans, and and some of Jeremy's, it's, it's so frustrating for them. Like, yeah, yeah, like like we would go back, like we would look at PC and steam
1: before we would probably look at mobile to release. Yeah. Here's a good example of one, um, you know, when when I compile for Apple, I get an exit code one. Um, this one happens all the time and there's a specific file in um, the project that's in like some intermediate folder for those guys, if anyone knows this, um, you you have like a, um, just like a temporary file for your application during the build process. Sometimes that doesn't delete. So if you try to rebuild it right away or, or come back like after an hour or so and try to package it again, um, it'll fail you just throw a random exit code, and I don't can't tell you how I found that out, but you have to delete this file and then do it again, and it'll compile correctly. So like, there's just like the, the really random uh, issues that we see sometimes where it's just like, you know, if you delete this file, everything works. If you don't, it's going to throw all these errors, and it's just like, you know, how are people supposed to figure this out? Right. Um, when when you provide like not a solid exit code or an error code for individuals to use to try and troubleshoot. Their their application, right? Um, and
0: it's it's the knowledge like that that we want to put on our YouTube for developers. Yeah,
1: everything I have is documented. Um, we use uh, Jira a lot, so Confluence, the Elassian products. Um, it's something we kind of want. Yeah, do some YouTube stuff. Um, I, you know, I recently captured some information on how to upload an app bundle, or ABD bundle, for uh, Android. Um, you know, Google requires that now instead of an APK. Um, so for those individuals who are, don't, aren't familiar with it or don't know what they're doing, you know, we'll do a step-by-step tutorial to make sure that they can at least get their application to, um, the Google play console, uh, for them to right. submit it That's with awful. the latest, yeah, uh, recommendations from, from Google. Right.
0: So and for, for people, you know, that are listening to this, it's that the game itself is free. Yep. Right. So I don't, we haven't talked about that yet. So the, the game is free to download on Google and Apple or it will be on, it will be on Apple um, and Google. It, it's like I said, it's accepted for Google, but it's, just, it's not out there yet. Um, so people are probably, and we've gotten this, we've gotten this question before. It's like, well, how do you make money? Right. Well, we have in-app purchases, but the in-app purchases are just customization based. Like it's not going to all of a sudden give you power ups or, you know, give you the ability to beat the game any better than you would if you didn't spend money. Because it's not it's not a pay to win type of game. You have to actually use skill for this game. And we knew going into this that it wasn't going to be like a game that could make us. Right as a company. Yeah. They could break us more than they could make us because if we came out of the gate charging people for everything, then you know, we're gonna get backlash and then there goes the whole PR side of things. We're just gonna get destroyed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you can spend money on coins for customization purposes. Not that you have to, you can still collect coins throughout the game. And there's a multiplier as you continue to change your level. So from easy to normal to difficult, like the hard difficulty, you get a uh, times multi like a two times, three times multiplier so that you can actually generate more coins as you go. Because on heart, it is hard. You get one life. That's it. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Um, one life and one heart. So one shot, you're, you're next. Yeah. So, so, you know, it, we knew going into this that we, we wanted people to experience the game. We wanted people to see the artwork, see the development side of things because it's a smooth game. Like it is a very smooth game and it's a good looking game. Like it's very cartoony type style. And this is because like we want people to see as a company that has released one or will be releasing the, the first game, like with no background at all in game development. Like this is something that is ridiculous. Yeah. Like no, I completely this, this style and the gameplay alone is something that like we as, as a, you know, a bunch of young people probably like shouldn't be capable of doing but here we are, here we sit and, you know, to put out the quality that we are putting out, it's beyond anything that I probably would have thought that we could do. Uh, Same with Yukon and I'm sure Eric as well, you know, but here we sit and the game will hopefully be out once Apple approves it here shortly. So, it's not it's not a game about making money it's a game about showing what we're capable of so when we go out into the future and we start like a patreon or we start a kickstarter for like the next game that we want to do you know there will be people that have seen the work and what we're capable of doing on like a a small budget like imagine if we had a bigger budget right you know and when i mean small i'm talking like You know, two to $5,000. You know, that's ridiculously small. But you're able to make this game if you continue to devote time to it because, like, content is like Unreal Engine is free, but we have, you know, Adobe. We have obviously like business expenses because we are incorporated.
1: Yeah, we have Atlassian Suite. Right. We have servers. Yeah, one to two servers now for our source control.
0: Right. Yeah. So,
1: you know, those to, to
0: put it into perspective, like right now, like we've cut our monthly expenses down to, I believe, like $120 a month, mm-hmm. which is like realistically speaking, it's nothing. Um, but you know, those continue to build up if you're if you have no cash like flow, a year. Yeah, you have, yeah, you have no cash flow, right? right? So, you know, we're that's at the point where we're at. Um, but you know, we'll get this game out there and let people see it. I think like the most, um, difficult part has been this final submission process right but like what do you think on the most difficult process of this mm. game has been because I know that you going to be my like, question oh,
1: <laughs> 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 oh man who is um, this guy leave him out <laughs> I mean we definitely had some weird bugs um I'd say the two for me, one we had, obviously are always toward the very end, was um, the Google cloud save um, bug that we had a couple months ago, um, where I believe like just nothing, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, the game was crashing, like sw- switching between levels every once in a while. Um, and you know i was doing like some crazy logging and that's when i learned like you know oh, man, plug that android device in your on your pc and you can capture a bunch of logs um but i mean it's, it's just so extensive and uh, based on the logging i had i could see kind of like what was going on before the crash happened and if some logs were actually being sent to um we use game analytics which sends like logs from the end game and seeing where uh you know hey this person you know the player killed an enemy then maybe the person dropped the bomb and then it just stopped sending like we never got that bomb drop oh. right so it's like okay what was what was the commonality between um you know what the player was doing and then when the game was crashing and i noticed it had to, to deal with the save game we were just saving the game too often um, and that would just spike up memory usage and cause the game to crash just at random times um so, after redoing that whole system, which was what Jeremy uh, took care of, um, that actually solved that problem. So, we, we kind of are only uploading it to Google's cloud system um, every right. once in a while now. But that, that was something that took us probably a couple of weeks to figure out. Um, and was just like, you know, getting everybody in a call together, you know, scheduling that or just trying to narrow down, you know, what could be potential issues, making sure that this is actually a problem that's happening. It's not just the device I'm on. So testing across multiple devices, confirming that everyone's seeing it, uh, trying to go back different versions, which we know worked and we were still seeing it. You know, so something changed on their end and and something changed on our end, which caused this bug. But for me personally, it's been the final process, the, you know, just the Apple side of things. Um, Right. You know, the first time, you know, we got some, Private API call that the version of Unreal we're using um, has a bug in itself where you set a distribution build for those who know it, like the shipping build, the file build, um, that we were actually uploading a debug build, but that version of Unreal just it never worked properly. So to change how we were packaging it, it, it always sent a debug build no matter what, even if you specified shipping. Uh, so Apple denied it the first time, the second time uh, was for in app purchases. Uh, which legit weren't working, but their documentation was kind of confusing for the testing. Um, you know, they had how to test it tested for Swift developers, which seemed pretty sh- uh, straightforward, but for Unreal Engine or any, like, you know, game, you um, really didn't specify that information in Epic right. or nothing. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, Epic for as much money as they have. Yeah. Like, they can easily hire a team right. to keep their, yeah. you know, like, a, I'm, I'm not even talking like a two-person team. I'm talking like a 20-person team.
1: Yeah. I mean, they developed Fortnite, right? You know, that, that, that game
0: alone continues to skyrocket them. So, you know, they can develop a team to literally dedicate their hours and their time to keeping this documentation updated, and they just don't do that. Yeah. Like, it's just not, it's not a department there. Um, You know, it's but like we have a discord, you know, we have obviously social media Mm -hmm. that people can join and and they can ask us these types of questions. And like I had mentioned, we're going to get better with, you know, doing YouTube and putting this information out there as we stand with the knowledge that we've acquired and the documentation that Khan has uh, built up over this, you know, two year long process. So that people that are going against the same struggles and the same headaches and the issues, because they are clear as day here, right? That you'll be able to hopefully take this information and this knowledge and run with it. But I want to go back to like one of the things you just said is that you had said that we've had to revert to a bunch of backups. Right. Like over time, over the course of a few years, like if something was wrong in the end update, we had to go back and like, we looked at our backups.
1: That would like, a yeah, different, we tried builds from, you know, a couple months ago. Well,
0: right, right. But my point for this is like, it, for people listening, like it is very good to have a system in place that you can revert to a change that you've already had. Right. So like you, you want to have a system in place where you can go to a backup if you need it. Yeah. So not like you don't want to continue to overwrite your process every time you save because if something is wrong in the new like game or the new um, process that you just implemented mm-hmm. and you have nothing to revert back to, like you're going to be you know for a world of trouble.
1: Yeah. So definitely have something because we use so we use Perforce right. as our source control uh, software, uh, which you know that's what Epic uses um, for you know their development of other uh, applications and video games stuff like that um, it's free for five users um, or you can do the free for 20 workspaces i believe is still the, the case there um, you know you can host it on your own uh, local pc uh, if you're working with a team that's you know spread out in different geographical areas um, i recommend spinning up a server on some sort of like hosting platform uh, we use DigitalOcean. And uh, we use a Linux box, and we have the software installed there. Got our SSL certificate, so that encrypts traffic. Uh, so you know, when I commit a build to that server that lives in uh, somewhere on the East Coast, you know that connection is encrypted. Um, and then you know, I have uh, one of our other developers pull down that build or that change, um, and that connection is encrypted too. So it's something that we thought about. Uh, you know, works for the small team for the time being. And I highly recommend um, anyone that, you know, is pursuing this, whether even if, if it's just one person to always use source control in case you break something you need to revert to. We've had to do it hundreds of times. Um, and it's saved our, butt a few times for sure. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be pushing out some, some documentation on how to get that right. set up in the future, um, for unreal engine. Cause we, we do plan on, uh, definitely changing a lot. And we can talk about the future of Nebulas. Yeah. We can talk about
0: that closer to the end, but like, I I feel that that's a good piece of advice. Like a piece of advice that I would give somebody is that you don't need to necessarily do everything in-house by yourself. Right. So like we, we did the soundtracks, (laughs) all the art, all the development, like everything is nebulous related. Like it's all done in house.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when you look at the unreal store and all these people that have packs out there for you to use, like you can buy them like anywhere from, some of them are free, yeah. right? But like five, 10, 15, 20, 25, $30, dollars, whatever the price might, uh, might be, you can use these for your game, like in, and. I don't know know how the credit works, but I think once you make the purchase, like you own the assets and you can use them in your game. And that's like what a lot of, a lot of other indie companies do is because when when somebody goes to build a a, a game like this, maybe they're good at like one thing or they're good at two things. And um, they're not good at like everything though. Right. So if you, if you're good with development, you might suck with art or you might suck with music. You know, so like you need somebody that's either an artist or somebody that has some musical composition talent to come in. So like you'll either outsource to you know another freelancer to do that, or you'll just make a purchase of a different pack of some sort to do the game. So like like I said, we decided to do everything in house, mm-hmm. which makes it a lot more difficult. If you can leverage our personal, though, it, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, I mean, you 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 own like everything at that point, right? And it's it makes it more proud. Uh, from like our perspective, however, like I, I feel that there are a few things that maybe we could have saved like a little bit of time with if we would have just put twenty to thirty
1: dollars yeah, definitely I think one more of advice that I have for people who are starting out here is just uh, be very cautious with the plugins you choose um, they can cause multiple headaches down the future uh, or in the future um, you know we, we, we definitely had some issues with our fair share I think we have three total. Um, and we bought one third party for, you know, uploading to Google and, uh, Apple or iCloud servers for your saves. Uh, just because the mobile market is moving so quickly and depending how long it takes for you to develop a game, um, just be wary that these plugins can break the... Developers who built the plugin initially may not may no longer be working on updates or anything, and it can cause a large headache for yourself uh, down the road. So, just be cautious there. You know, choose wisely. Art uh, assets are pretty pretty safe. Um, you know, just just be wary that they will increase your game file size. So anything you don't need, I would just blow it out when you're ready to, you know, send that on over as the final build. Um, but yeah, just you know. Just be cautious with some of the plugins you definitely choose there because they can cause multitude of problems. Right, And to Con's
0: point, you want to blow that stuff out and get rid of it because like it'll downsize your package. Yeah. So when you uh, submit it, your yeah. final package won't be as heavy, which helps your download speed, your install speed. Like it just helps the game run a lot smoother because you're not trying to get all this extra stuff in there that you don't. Right. need. So you know there have been a lot of challenges. There's been a lot of highs and lows. Like you have to sacrifice sleep, but we've all sacrificed sleep. Yep, to, to we we get in these Sunday calls, and, and to Khan's point, it's like a lot of this was done with a beer in hand. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah,
1: Balmer's Peak. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beer in hand, most of uh, They've been a great sponsor yeah. to get this game through. Yeah, but yeah, no, there, there's a lot of
0: uh, challenges and sacrifices that you make in this industry because it is a tech industry. And to Colin's point is like, it is constantly evolving. And when you try to set out to build a game and you know, maybe you release it a year or two years from now, like it, what you release will not be in the same timeframe for what you're trying to build when you start originally. Right? So like to our point is like, we're trying to build around like, stories and characters and a development into different IP worlds mm-hmm. that will forever stay true to us. So like, even if we do it this year or two years from now, it won't really matter for us because we are building our stories. Like it's our stories. We're not trying to catch a fad or a trend at the, that, at that particular time to build for Like we're just building out like our own particular stories. Um, so we, we don't necessarily hop on the trends because we're not quick enough to, hit the trends in stride right now mm-hmm. just as a team because we're all we all have full-time jobs yeah. and you know because we, we don't have that that cash flow we can't just quit right now we, we work hard um during the day and then in the short time at night from like that seven to two a.m Mm -hmm. time period you know it's just it's stuff like that that happens and there have been weekends that you sacrifice too and but that's what it takes you know in our opinion to get there because like trust me we wouldn't want to do that if we didn't have to but here we are here we sit and you hear it all the time from people that you know you're gonna have to sacrifice some time and you're gonna have to maybe you know there's an opportunity cost you want to go do this or you want to go do that Like, you know, you have to pick and choose, you have to weigh it. Like it's a scale and make that decision for where you want to actually go to in the future. And that's why having a vision is so important because when you have a vision of what you want to accomplish, it's better to, you know, you'll have a better time making decisions to help like guide you to that vision. If you don't have a vision, you're going to be just wandering aimlessly trying to get to the future, but you don't necessarily know how you should make uh, your decisions to get there because Mm -hmm. you don't know where you want to go. You don't know what the end goal is. Right. So, you know, for us having a vision, um, and to help inspire people, you know, that's what we want to do through our characters and and through our development. And we're going to have to have a part two of this to get Eric on here, to talk about the creative side of things. I, I don't know where he's at right now, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, uh, we we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get that eventually. But you know, this has just been a, a great t- conversation and, and talking piece on like the back end side of things, but we can talk a little bit about where we want to go in 2022 because 2021 is wrapping up here
1: nicely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So for the the team as a whole, um, you know, not speaking non-creative aspect, because we they're still kind of determined like, really what our next project is going to be. Um, so speaking of, you know, some of the tools that we're going to be using, um, kind of where we want to go, uh, we, we definitely are leaving Unreal Engine behind. I think that, you know, we definitely learned a lot, um, you know, from that engine and it's been great. Um, it's also been a curse with a, a lot of the issues that you know, occurred. Um and so we actually we're moving back to Unity, uh, just for some of the tools that they have built in and, you know, how we can get builds out to people's hands or, you know, something that they support. Uh, you know, we don't have to do our own in house stuff, uh, like Perforce and stuff. So, you know, we'll be leaving Perforce behind as our source control. Uh once we feel stronger sales in a good good spot, you know, we'll we'll decommission that server and uh you know, we'll, we'll move it over fully to Unity. Um, that's a space that will be going, you know, be more moving forward. So that's, you know, no visual scripting. I mean, they do have some tools there, but that's something we kind of want to get away from is that visual scripting stuff. We do use a lot of blueprints in Unreal. Um, I personally can't stand them, so I don't use them um, unless it's absolutely uh, necessary. Uh, I I like to, you know, write my own code if if need be. Um, So we're going to be, you know, moving toward that, changing our source control. So for those techies out there who really care about what we're using, uh, we'll be using Plastic SCM for that, which Unity bought back in 2020, I believe. Um, So integration is only going to get closer uh, into, you know, that engine from what it is today. And uh, I think other than that, we're pretty much sticking with the, our lasting suite for documentation for you know issue tracking um the integration with that and plastic scm is, is pretty decent um and i think other than that that's that's really where we're headed i think that we're ready to to move past unreal in terms of platform uh, specific stuff we're still kind of you know determining You know, do we want to continue with mobile development? Do we want to try it for PC? Uh, Those are some internal discussions we're still currently, you know, trying to figure out at the moment.
0: Yeah, that's we'll have to figure out those as we go. And it's the same thing with like how much story do we want to release because we're going to be like really getting into stories before we wanted to hold back, but now we're at the point where it's like, well, we have nothing to lose, we might as well just push it out and start like releasing these characters and and showing what we're capable of. Um, So, yeah, we're going to. There's, there's gonna be a lot coming in 2022 hopefully not as many headaches with the development side if we switch yeah. to PC instead of mobile but yeah the, the the number one thing right now is to get apple to approve stormor sales. yeah and yeah. then from there we'll make decisions based off of where we're at and we'll kind of figure it out but we are taking a step back to like reevaluate the process like moving forward mm. and how we want to do things cuz you know when you have a, a team like me you eric jacob who now works on like a bunch of different animated studios, Jeremy, Evan, and Quay. Like there, there are people that you know, y- you want to help raise the morale. Yeah. right. You don't want the morale to completely get shot because this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be engaging and entertaining. And you're supposed to learn a lot, which I think people have learned more than they would have thought coming into this. Um, and they continue to evolve and increase their knowledge with this particular field. But yeah, taking a step back to reevaluate and let the team just kind of decompress for a little bit after these headaches will be, um, you know, one of the first things that we do.
1: Yeah. Going
0: into 2022.
1: I think the big thing too now is that, you know, I would say even today we we have a finished product. Um, Right. A lot of people can't say that. Um, so I think that that's one thing that, you know, the team is proud of that we have something to show for it that, you know you could always go into that job interview and be like, Hey, you know, I, this is something that I built, right? This was my, um, this is exactly what I worked on. You know, here's the evidence right here. So, you know, it's not like if any of these individuals that wanted to move on, that they could, you know, apply for a position, um, you know, in the game industry. And I know that for a fact, one thing that they look at, do you have a finished product? Yes, I do. You can download it here. Um, I contributed this much to it and they can see that they can play it, you know, themselves. And I think that that's something that personally I wanted to do for the team that we have um, is to just, you know, provide them with those tools. Let's give them a finished product in case they want to go a different route at some point, Um, you know, because, you know, we're here to support our team um, in the best that we can and, and, you know, their career paths and stuff like that. You know, we're always looking for um, you know, new individuals, new talent uh, to bring on, and, and anyone who wants to, you know, be part of a community and, and help out with, uh, you know, building, you know, a, a world that they can see themselves being a part of, or you know, bring different ideas that to the table that we could, you know, make their uh, game or view come to life um, any way possible. I right. think is kind of something that. Uh, nebulous as a whole strives to be um you know we're really based around our employees and, and team members and we want to make sure that um you know we do as much as possible for them moving forward yeah most definitely did you
0: have any closing questions Scott?
2: Uh, What's well, been your favorite part about the whole game production part this year? We talked a lot about the shipping. Um, we <laughs> We've talked a lot about the outside, yeah. <laughs> which are yeah. important. I mean, you know, you have to experience all those to find ways to the successes. But I think for me, it was
1: uh, when did we do the beta? That was what in March. That was pretty cool. That was so bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, we did a private, private beta. Private kind of beta, just to say, you know. There's definitely still a lot of stuff that need to be done, but we want to say: Are we headed down the right path? Right? Like, is the game fun and engaging? And of course, the number one response was: This was too hard. Right? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> uh, was my response. Yeah. So we, get you know, we, we, <laughs> we, we, kept that hard mode for for those individuals who really want you know that challenge when they're on the bathroom. Right? <laughs> <That base laughs> away, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's that it's the, the challenger. So we kept that. But we added your uh, normal and easy mode with the lives. Um, you know, you can't you can't kill yourself anymore on on easy mode, right? Uh, you know, uh, cannonballs are travel definitely a lot slower. Uh, I think enemies now can shoot themselves or something. Um, on, on yeah, they can of, hurt yeah, themselves. Yeah, they can hurt themselves. So we definitely took into account a lot of a lot of things there. And as you can hear, it still seems difficult. It's still, I mean, there, yeah. there's still challenges to it for so, sure. You you just have
0: to you'll have to play it more than right. once. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's 25 levels, you know, if yeah. we, if we did a, like a hundred levels or a few hundred levels, then the we would have made it a lot easier to get into it. Definitely. But there's, because there's 25, like there's a gradual increase of difficulty. Yeah. But sure. you know, because I was playing it, like the, the fourth biome, the, the third and fourth ones are the hardest. So this is the swamp in the volcano biome. Yeah. The volcano biome is the hardest, then the swamp biome, and then the Aurora Isles, which is the fifth biome, that would be third. And then you obviously have um, the, the shipwreck cove, which is the second biome, that's the fourth hardest. And then the easiest one is the first biome, the harbor level, because mm-hmm. you have to like, you know, in, like get, in, get into it, like ease your way into it. But there, there is a gradual increase in difficulty, um, and that's just with the introduction of new enemies, and yeah. you know, but we did make it easier
1: we did yeah i think you and i we made it to i mean you beat the game on easy but i think in in terms of hard we made it to what the second biome when in beta before volcano i beat the
0: game on hard for what we had in beta that's what that was right
1: like so we we beat so we're pretty yeah i think we're the only two that have actually beat it so far (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah well for testing purposes like that's what we had we had to do yeah i mean it was it was tough it took us like I mean, for me, it was a couple of tries and then like 40 minutes, I think. Um, yeah. So I've yet to play the new levels. I haven't, I haven't tried them out yet. Um, aside from, you know, hopping in and, and testing some mechanics that mm-hmm. um, I implemented. But a full playthrough, I have yet to to see what those are, are like. I know there are a few little issues that I'm ironing out to... Before we release it, you know, now that we know the process for getting that up to Google, um, you know, we can... Throw out a patch real quick, and uh, you know, make sure that the final release is the best that it can be. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I would say yeah. The beta was probably the most, uh, you know, fun, engaging part of this year. Um, in terms of development, a whole just the bugs. <laughs> yeah. Some of the bugs with like the turrets firing just randomly, uh, ships floating off in the air when you start the game. Um, <laughs> the flying Dutchman, you know, <laughs> yeah, just some stuff like cannonballs, like hitting a wall and just you know taking off, uh, <laughs> just just some fun stuff like that. You know, we, we've seen some some weird issues. Uh, those are probably probably the best, some of the best moments, uh, at least I've had for development. So yeah, yeah. It's been a journey. Obviously, the best one will be, you know, the full final release. The final oh my oh, yeah. god! Yeah. See that come through and hit the big old submit button, and uh, you know, have a beer after that. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, a little champagne. Ended how we started <laughs> it with a <the> beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. So, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that'll, that'll be that'll be a day. That'll be a day for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, looking forward to it uh, soon. Yeah. Any advice I have too, real quick for people who are starting a new project? Um, is to you know package right make sure you can get it to the play store and apple store a basic build uh you don't need to submit it for review but you can just get something up there whether or not it's a hello world or whatever you know make sure you understand that process first before you start your project Uh, that's you know definitely one thing that we learned uh through this project Uh, you know just make sure that you document that you understand that and the other thing is to so just always package, you know, you make a change, um, and you don't have continuous integration. So that's a whole nother topic. We can right. go through some other day. Um, just package the build. make sure it packages. So, you know, that if you made a change and then no longer packages that you can be like, okay, well, what in this change broke it? Uh, cause you don't want to go, you know, months down the road and realize that you can't package your build to even get to. Apple or Google, and it was kind of you know all for nothing, right? You're going to spend months just trying to figure out what it is that broke it, where it broke, and stuff like that. So just you know, those are the two things that I, words of advice that I have for anyone who's kind of starting out or starting a new project, um, if they if they don't do that already, so have some patience. Yeah, patience. Patience. Absolutely.
0: It's going to be frustrating, mm-hmm. more so for the back end than anything else, but.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's some, some definitely some complications with artwork and the creative side with particle effects and all that stuff. I know that that can be a, a pretty big headache too. Um, but Eric would obviously elaborate a little more on that one. Yeah, you guys have one, so right. Yeah, we'll have to track him down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. manhunter. I know. (laughs) definitely an
2: interesting inside look on, like, the coding aspect of everything because me just playing video games, not knowing what goes on, like, I get mad when someone doesn't push through an update to fix some glitch in the system. Meanwhile, you know, just like you had explained, it's not really just like, oh, let me patch that. You have to, like, go back and backtrace and figure out where the issue is and then fix the issue and then republish everything yep. it just seems like a process
1: yeah, at the end of the day a simple patch could break something you know right like it's just it's software at the end of the day it's software and it's uh it's very very complicated it's hard it's you know it's not meant to be easy game development it's hard and uh you know i respect that now and i understand i think the team realizes that and uh you know, even the small indie games that are on Xbox or PlayStation or PC, you know, I go in and support them because, you know, what they build, I mean, I'm sure they went through some, some pretty hard times and just, you know, to see their work out there for people to play and, you know, give constructive feedback. I think it's important. So, uh, you know, I, I do what I can to support those small indie devs out there. and um, appreciate the hard work that they put out
2: what are some ways that you can support them
1: Uh, for me it's just playing their game really the The big thing is playing the game um you know if you like the game uh if it's not i use game pass a lot to test it out Um, i'll typically buy it after the fact to show my support there um you know leave a review too i think that that's important um a constructive one you know if the game isn't that that great don't just say it sucks or (laughs) this was terrible like give them you know constructive feedback or you know, I always like to look up the company. Um, typically, they have a website, um, so you know, definitely go on there. And if they have some sort of portal to really to leave a review there or any feedback there, you know, that's definitely something I recommend. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it comes down to just playing the game. You know, don't don't write a review for a game you haven't played um, just based no. on some other it's feedback. like a verified buyer. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah, you know, the you know, it's, there's a human on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with with emotions and especially the smaller companies yeah right you leave a better view for something you've never even tried right that, that's going to
0: hit them harder than if you went to you know like a triple studio and left them yeah. view because you thought that EA didn't make the yeah. best Madden game for yeah. that year price right? <laughs> yeah
1: I mean you're not going to get to every indie game out there because there's so many and you have other things to do throughout right. the day and uh, but the, yeah the big thing is just play the game you know that's that's really I mean that's what I would care about that's what we care about is people playing the game sure you know uh an in-app purchase or some sort of payment's nice here and there. But at the end of the day, we want to see that you're enjoying the product that we put out. So I could probably speak for, for some of the other developers out there that that's what they want.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, if we can help people like want to get into game development, I think that that's, you know, that's good as well because yeah, like it, it is, it is hard. Um, but I think with a lot of backlash that the gaming industry has faced over the last few years, like it will becoming an indie company. Yeah. So yeah, good. But all right, well, we'll wrap it up there. So if you liked and found value, please feel free to share it with your friends as always. Thank you for taking the time to listen. You can follow Nebulos uh, on social media at N E B U L O S underscore E N T on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. We, have, uh, we also have the website nebulosentertainment.com, which is- We'll be pushing
1: out an update soon. Yeah, uh, pushing out an update yeah. soon.
0: Um, and because you know Nebulos is doing a partnership with Iron Pulse, you can use code NEBULOS on the Iron Pulse store. And this is a supporter code. You get free shipping. Nebulos gets 10% of your purchase. So there is um, going to be that partnership there. And remember, no matter what you do, be all in.